Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Jenks, we were just talking about searching oh. for angles in the conference tournaments and trying to feel like if there's any angle when it comes to totals. Because honestly, I don't really touch totals a ton. But I think mm-hmm. you could make the argument for maybe both sides. You could say, oh, well, the under should be the play because these teams are actually tightening up on defense these mm-hmm. paces are going to be slowed down because it's more um i don't know the right word but um you know they're trying to focus on each and every possession so like more intentional i guess is what i'm trying to say or you could say the over saying like all of these games are going to be higher scoring because we've seen a ton of overs i, I guess that's the overwhelming yeah. trend over the last two weeks in college hoops and it's maybe shooters starting to find their stroke do you think when teams play a bunch of games in a row, because this also pertains to March Madness, mm-hmm. that they shoot better, you know, that because they're playing all of these games in a tight mm. window, or do you think it lends itself to the under because guys are going to get tired? Like, I know they're college yeah. kids, so I think that kind of takes away that argument. I don't know. I This is tough because I think this is when you just have to dig a little bit deeper, and I'm not trying to like undercut your your argument or this discussion but i think that it, it can work both ways right because you can get on a hot streak we see it all the time shooters shooters shoot and we see teams get hot they shoot well but at the same time if you're playing a lot of games that can work against you because you have tired legs maybe you don't shoot as well and then maybe you don't play as good of defense as you normally do because defense takes a lot of exertion as we know so i think what you have to do is you take that into account maybe momentum Maybe how many games in as many days or how many games in a set number of days a team is going to play. And then you look at how they did throughout the season and then you add all of that together. It's That's a very difficult thing to do this time of year. I think totals in general are kind of tough. Uh, a lot of it depends on tempo and matchup and just straight up a team not shooting the lights out because sometimes that can just mm-hmm. happen and your entire handicap can go out the window. So, like, I'm not a big totals person, at least for the last two weeks of the season. Uh, So I'm going to stick with some of the spreads. So we're going to talk about some of these conference tournaments, and let's start uh, in the ACC, because, Jenks, I want to partition off some time for this one, because I think you really like Georgia Tech today against Florida State. And we've seen this line move. It's gone from, I believe, one and a half all the way to two and a half, so money Coming in on Georgia Tech, why do you like the Yellow Jackets here? 
I'm a little worried that maybe this is too much of a square play because everyone is on this. Like it feels like it's a sharp action play and it's also a square play. But here's the thing. The Jackets lost to the Seminoles earlier this season which I'm glad because that's why I think there's value on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech plays the best three-point defense in the ACC. And also, if you've been betting on the Seminoles, you have lost money. Florida State is just 1-9 in nine in their last nine games. A little revenge spot for the Yellow Jackets. They're playing pretty good basketball down the stretch. And I, I love them on the money line. The money is headed in the right direction. This is going to be one of my favorite plays today. So I'm on the Jackets, minus 130. Yeah, Georgia Tech has been playing the way better basketball here. A no against the number in their last eight games. Jenks, I may have to tell you on this because I think that's a great angle. When you see a team that, yeah, they lost to Florida State earlier in the season, but this is not the Florida State team that we saw earlier. Not that they were great at mm -hmm. any point in the season, but the only win that they have had in their last seven games was against Miami, which Miami is a great team, but that's also like a rivalry game. So I feel like those usually yep. play – a bit closer and they also shot 52 percent from the field so a good shooting night for florida state who traditionally is not a good shooting team uh their last four games uh 30 percent from the field 41 percent from the field 44 percent from the field and then that one outlier against miami so i'll take georgia tech as well i really like that yeah. play staying in the acc the opening round matchup uh between louisville and boston college we have bc laying six and a half total of 135 and a half jenks you really couldn't pay me to watch this game these are two teams in the acc i really don't care about but is there a bettable angle here that you have found oh god <sighs> exactly <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, I, I'm worn out. All right. Mm -hmm. We are talking Louisville, Boston College, right? Is this where we're going? Yes. Is this what we're going to do? Yes. We're going to do this one, Louisville. You can Here's say pass if you don't want to talk about it. All right. Here's what I know about Louisville, Chelsea. Let me give you my handicap on this one. The last time I saw Louisville on the court, I didn't see the game. I did see a halftime show where a dog came out and was supposed to catch a Frisbee and did his best Aaron Rodgers impression with a smooth poop right there on the court. And I thought, that's perfect. That's the way the Cardinal season has gone. Here's the thing. Here's how you beat Louisville. Louisville is a team that just cannot shoot from long range. They shoot less than 30% from three-point land. That is awful. I think Boston College extends that defense and forces, or you know what? They play back, I say. It's like, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot from deep. Go for it. See what you guys can do because you're awful at this. I, I, I don't want to play this game, but there's no case to be made for Louisville, which has been one of the biggest disappointments in college basketball this season. So if you're going to play it, you got to lay it with Boston College. Yeah, I have no desire to play this game. Uh, I, feel, I feel like this is a complete pass, although Louisville has been mighty bad this year. So maybe that's mm -hmm. the way to go with Boston College. Let's go on to Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech. Hokies laying seven and a half, total 144 and a half. Let's put it bluntly. Notre Dame is not a good team, but we also are talking about seven and a half points. So initially I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I'll consider Notre Dame. Uh, but if mm -hmm. you look at them in uh, their recent stretch, uh, seven point dogs against Wake Forest did not cover that number. Nine and a half point dogs against Clemson, who is, I think, a much better team here, didn't cover that number. Uh, Virginia Tech, however, Three and one against the spread in their last four games as favorites. But still, I think this number is right around the spot where I really wouldn't want to play it. 
I wouldn't either. I here's the thing: all the money is coming in on Notre Dame, which is crazy to me. And so maybe Mike Bray takes his experience and has his guys ready to go as he gets ready to wrap up his career. But ultimately, the Irish are 10 and 21 against the spread in their last 31. And the favorite in this matchup is 8 and 1 against the number in the last nine meetings. That's clearly where Virginia Tech is here. So you're going to play it late with the Hokies. But it's a little suspect that this early money has hit Notre Dame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think it's just a case of too many points. And I'll say yeah. this about Mike Ray. I think his team probably likes him. Did you see that video of him shooting Jameson with, I think, his players? Don't you like Jameson? Sounds like your guy. Uh, I, I don't like Jameson. But what I do, what I have discovered is that JMO is definitely a sort of the industry shot. Like if you're going to do a shot with someone, then JMO is almost always the call, like randomly. I don't know how many random JMO shots that I've done over the past year, just randomly meeting someone. Like when I was in New York City a couple of weeks ago, and I missed my train, and I was, I was sitting, I was like, I gotta find a place to sit in a bar for like three or four hours before the Amtrak comes back, and I got a new ticket. And I was just talking to the bartender, and she was very nice. She goes, "Do you want a shot?" I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "You're the most interesting person I've met this week." I was like, "Oh, thanks." I go. I look at her. She looks at me. We kind of look at each other. She goes, "Jamo." I was like, "Yeah, let's do Jamo." I like. I knew it's like an industry thing. So I feel like I don't like Jamo, but I will punish my body in the name of friendship. Well, it wasn't that random because he's the coach of the Fighting Irish. Wouldn't he have to do Irish whiskey? Like, doesn't that seem mm-hmm. like intentional? Why wouldn't he do what's his name's whiskey? Oh, God, the guy can't stand the former UFC guy that's always talking smack and now he's over the hill. Proper oh, Connor. Uh, Connor McGregor, yeah. Connor you can do that nonsense. He didn't go to Notre Dame. No, <laughs> but he's Irish, isn't he? Is, I don't know. I guess he's actually Irish, so that makes sense. Even though I have not heard good things about proper 12. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not a whiskey gal, so uh, that's not really my line of thinking. Can we talk about the West Coast Conference final? I am not seeing it on the board at some spots, but I feel like this line is around three, three and a half between Gonzaga and St. Mary's because I think from a viewing standpoint, this is the best game on the entire slate today. And I feel like Gonzaga is kind of on the warpath. And I'll say for a team that had not covered for most of the season, Over the last 10 games, they've been much better. Uh, If you look at Gonzaga, six and four uh, against the spread in their last 10, St. Mary's just four and six. So maybe the market is finally catching up to St. Mary's, but still, this is set to be a really good game. Yeah, it really is. It opened at three. Gonzaga's now minus three and a half. Gonzaga's minus 145 on the money line. The total's at 140 and a half. If you're thinking about betting this bad boy, I, I like St. Mary's. I know the early money has hit the Zags, but I, I feel like that, and they split the season series, 
Gonzaga still has that reputation where people, at least the casual better, just doesn't quite take St. Mary's seriously. But this is a very good team. And Gonzaga, as we've seen throughout the season, Chelsea really is not that good at covering the number. So I will gladly take three and a half points with the number one seed. And I understand they tied for the regular season title and they had to go to net rankings. I get all of that, but I'm going to go with the Gales here. I'm taking a look at the over Uh, in both of the matchups so far this season. We have seen overs between uh, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. We were just talking about maybe leaning towards the over for some of these teams that are offensively very good because they're playing all these games back to back. They found they mm-hmm. found their shooting stroke, and right now this total is what one thirty eight. I feel like that seems low. Like, do you expect uh, you know the defenses to show out? Because I will say, you know, both these teams are not slouches on defense, but still, I think yeah. it would lean towards the over. Well, I think this depends on how you think the game is going to go, right? Gonzaga is definitely mm-hmm. an over team. They like to play at a super fast pace. So I think the over is probably the right side. But if you're St. Mary's, you don't want to play at Gonzaga's pace. No one wants to play at Gonzaga's pace. If you want to beat the Zags, the last thing you want to do is go up and down the floor with them because that is their game. So if you're St. Mary's, you want to slow this game down a little bit. Now, 140 and a hook is still a pretty high number when you're talking about these two teams, but I think the over is probably the right side, but game script has a lot to do with this. You can still get a 139 too. Uh, it just, it seems like a low number for these two teams that are offensively very good. And like you said, I think if Gonzaga's controlling the pace, St. Mary's is going to have to, you know, go toe to toe with them. So I think I'm leaning towards the over here is my favorite play in that game. And the trends definitely bear that out. Gonzaga eight and two to the over in their last 10 games so maybe that's my read there let's look at some of the smaller conferences we have uh fairly dickinson against merrimack uh merrimack length three and a half total 138 in the northeastern conference final we have the caa uh uncw against charleston and the horizon league final between northern kentucky and cleveland state of these three games jenks is there anyone that you think is worth betting on god no, I think maybe Merrimack, I, I think, only because, look, this is one of those very basic handicaps, right, which is it's hard to beat a team three times in the same season, and FDU has already beaten Merrimack twice. And also, I wonder, you know, Merrimack has has something to prove here because they're ineligible making this transition to Division One basketball, so they've won 10 straight. They're red hot right now, and even though FDU swept the season series, I think Merrimack tries to make a point here because FDU is already going to the dance. So the money's coming in on Merrimack. I'm laying the three and a half of them. Yeah, I don't really like any of these games, but I wanted to take some time to talk about the Stephen F. Austin game. I know it's a, a very random game, but the line movement has not been so random. We have seen significant line movement on Stephen F. Austin uh, playing Utah Tech today. Uh, it opened at one and a half, has since gone all the way up to three and a half. And it even hasn't been that long. Like this might even move even more by the time this game tips off. And I was trying to search for why this line has moved so much. It's because Stephen F. Austin is getting their leading score and their leading rebounder mm-hmm. back in the fold for this game. So Adrian Hall, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, uh, makes his return after leading the conference in field goal percentage 
so I think this is a huge difference maker for Stephen F. Austin, and I believe that's probably why the line is moving. So I will be riding that line movement. Jinx, what do you think when you see significant line movement in some of these small games? Well, I think then that's when you really pay attention to where the money is going. Because for the Blue Bloods, that's maybe that could be casual money, right? But I feel like generally the casual better is not looking at these smaller games, right? So when you see movement like that for a mid-major or a smaller school, that means somebody who really follows college basketball knows something or at least has a very strong opinion. So that's when I would tend to lend a little more credence to it. Yeah, so I will be on Stephen F. Austin today. Let's go Lumberjacks, baby. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.